Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Back for not just the first, but the technically third daily show and eventually fourth daily podcast of December 26th. Daily, my butt. Uh, this is a press coverage show. We break down one topic in depth. Joining me to do so, Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. What's up, buddy? How we doing? What's going on? Well, I, wow, you're going four in a row today. Uh, long time to see, man. <laughs> How we been? Um, good, good. Yeah, have you, you've been you've been good in the last like forty five minutes. I hope. Yeah. Um, we are going to talk about Tua Tagovailoa because, well, it looks like the Dolphins are probably going to make the playoffs anyway. I believe um, five thirty eight has their playoff odds like well north of yeah sixty five percent. Probably going to make the playoffs. A loss to New England would push them down to fifty one or fifty percent. Excuse me, fifty one percent maybe. And a loss to the Jets would eliminate them. Whereas, uh, yeah, if they win their next two, they're they're just in. If they win, if they go one and one. They've got some, they got to get some help from from other people. But they're you know like an eighty percent chance of getting in. And they're here because they're in this spot because they've lost four in a row. Three of those on the road at San Francisco, at the Chargers, at Buffalo. Just a brutal stretch. Uh, and then lost twenty six twenty at home to Green Bay on Christmas Day with Tua Tagovailoa going. 16 to 25 for 310 yards, a pick and th- I mean, excuse me, a touchdown and three picks over his last four games, over that losing stretch. He's completing 50, less than 53% of his passes, averaging 246 yards per game and 1.5 touchdowns, six touchdowns and five interceptions in that span. Suffice to say, Tua has not been good. And you look at the numbers in the second half, team didn't score a single point. With seven to thirteen, this is on, on Christmas Day. Seven to 13, 81 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, a thirty-three point three passer rating. I mean, how much of the blame for the Dolphins' four-game losing streak do we assign to Tua? I, I think a, a good piece of it, and, and you know, if you want to go back to why it started four games ago and and what was kind of the genesis of what happened to Tua Tungavailoa, I think that this is a lot to say about D'Amico Ryan's the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, and one of the reasons why he's going to be one of the hottest coaching candidates this cycle this year, is how they defended Tua in this Miami offense and how the other teams following that game have done that. Basically what they've done is press coverage, all of their speedy wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. Wow, look at you. You you use the name of the pie. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, he said it. And so you do press coverage at the line of scrimmage with your speedy wide receivers, kind of throw the rhythm off there, drop back into zone with too high safety. That is thrown Tua off to an ultimate degree, as you were saying with those stats. And you've seen the teams after that do that. The Chargers have done it. The Bills have done it. I didn't watch a ton of specifically what they were doing with the the Green Bay Packers yesterday, but it feels like that's the mold that D'Amico Ryans has made. These other teams have followed it, and Tua has been following because of it. Yeah, and I mean it's it's interesting because 
coming into the season, Tua was very much under, like, I mean, under heavy scrutiny as to whether or not he would be the quarterback of the future. Because, you know, we had had the, the two years of Brian Flores, you know, yanked in and out of the starting lineup often for Ryan Fitzpatrick, oftentimes. Then you have, you know, Mike McDaniel is hired. He calls two on the plane, you know, when he's, when he's going to take the job and it's like, we are going to make, you know, we're going to be unbelievable together. Like, you know, we're going to make this work. Like, you know, we're, and, and you know, it's a cool moment. You're, you're a little skeptical about it, but then it actually, you know, it does, uh, it does work. And they're both you know, playing really well. Tool was before this losing streak, five to one to win the MVP. He was one of the top like three or four candidates in the entire league. And it looked like this was a team that was maybe going to win the, they were in first place in the division when this losing streak started. And now they are, you know, kind of clinging to their playoff lives after losing to the Packers. What do we think about the long-term ramifications of this? Tua would be eligible for a contract after this offseason. It's it's impossible to imagine them giving him a huge contract, um, mainly because you know I, I don't see Tua taking some kind of Derek Carr slash Andy Dalton you know half measure contract. I mean you're, you you don't do that at, at that age and when you're a top you know top ten pick, but you can't give him forty million dollars a year after what we've seen down the stretch here, right? No, I, I don't think so. And and ultimately that maybe this streak kind of brings down the price from him a little bit. But I do think that what we saw earlier in the year does eliminate the, are they going to get rid of him? Is he the guy? I think that what we've seen so far guarantees him getting a contract, staying in Miami for at least the next, for the foreseeable future. It's just, what does that contract look like? But I don't know. Does he, does, does he feel like to you? And again, it's money. Everybody get as much as you possibly can, but does he seem like somebody who's going to go to them and say, I want top tier quarterback money. It doesn't feel, no. I, I feel like I feel like you could there's a there's somewhere to be to be met there in the middle. Yeah, maybe. I mean, although the problem is like if you have an agent and you know, most people do, oh, except, sure. for, except for like Jacoby Brissett and, and Lamar Jackson, that agent doesn't going to be like, you know, like he it, it makes him look bad. It's tougher. Yeah. It's tougher. Yeah. And I don't even know who to his agent is, actually. Um, but it, it's tough. It's uh, it's almost impossible to. Oh, it's Lee Steinberg. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a guy who reps Patrick Mahomes. So you're not going to see – I forgot. I didn't know that, actually. Um, You know, you're not going to see them take the, – the Steinberg agency is not going to take – and the, the Cabot the Cabot brothers or, or or Chris Cabot, I guess, is, is perhaps the uh, – maybe the guy who's, who's primarily working that negotiation. But, you know, you're not going to see the um, – the agents take less than maximum dollars because then it then it's becomes really tough to recruit guys coming out of college and saying, Hey, you should work for us. And they're like, Well, you you like you gave two of you got two of this like mid-range deal. Like I don't want to get mid-range deals, I want to get top-tier deals. You're right. willing to take less than the maximum. So that's where it becomes really tricky with the Tua stuff. I would think I saw we they had a comment pop up that was like to a franchise tag candidate. I, I would think what we'll see is this offseason, Tua gets they pick up his fifth year option. Like he's been good enough to justify that. You know, we didn't yeah. he had issues with like, I mean, even hell, Sam Darnold got his fifth year option picked up by the Panthers after he got traded from the Jets wildly unnecessarily. Um Baker Mayfield, up and down, you know, career, got his fifth year option picked up. Somehow played for the Panthers and the Rams on that fifth year option and the Browns. Actually, excuse me, he didn't play for the Browns on that fifth-year option. But, um, you know, you see that Daniel Jones did not have his fifth-year option picked up. A lot of times you see teams, if the quarterback is really struggling, if they don't, if it doesn't look like he's a franchise guy, they'll pass on doing that. I think Tua has done enough through the first three quarters of this season that it's pretty easy to say, all right, we're going we're gonna to pick up that fifth-year option on him. We're not going to give him a contract over the third year. Let's see what he does in the fourth year. And this all changes, of course, if – you know, Tua somehow gets to the playoffs and wins two playoff games and, and looks great doing it yeah. and is fine over the next two weeks. But you know, just the last four weeks, you know, 
defense is figuring out to figure out Mike McDaniel's offense, not able to adjust. It, you know, and you saw Wilson almost Wilson said something on Sunday night. It was like Tua throws with like almost so much anticipation that maybe sometimes he's he's throwing too early and it ends up looking like a terrible pick because it's before Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle can get out of their breaks, which is you know seems impossible. I, I just think it's a a matter of you're not going to be you know you're not going to be like you're just not going to give this guy a huge contract when you can say, listen, we, we want to see another year of you. You know, we got the fourth, you know, fourth year, fourth year of the contract, fifth year option. This is not a guy who's going to hold out. And then if you need to, you can franchise tag. I mean, you can sort of drag that, you can drag out that process another, you know, three years past this season without having to commit to a huge long-term deal. Yeah. And, and I do think it's worth pointing out too, that we even kind of, we've talked about this in prior podcasts when we're talking about Tua Tungavailoa. Right before that West Coast trip going out to San Francisco, Los Angeles, and then eventually Buffalo before they went down to Miami, it's not like they were playing world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. You look at those four games prior to that trip, it's the Detroit Lions, who at the time were not great defensively. The Chicago Bears, who we all know are not great defensively. The Cleveland Browns, They've been up and down this season, Houston, and then the Houston Texans. In all through that stretch, I mean, in one game against Detroit, he was completing over 80% of his passes. That's great. That's super efficient. But it's also we are getting a look at when he's now playing legitimate playoff competition. And, you know, Green Bay, we don't know if they're actually going to make the playoffs or not, but you're going up against a San Francisco 49ers defense that is the elite unit in the yep. NFL. And that's what he needs to be measured towards. It doesn't, it can't be a week eight game against Detroit when Detroit's on a downward swing. If he wants to have that contract, if he wants to be looked at as the franchise guy with no questions asked, it's those games against the Chargers, it's those games against the 49ers that you have to put a little bit more weight on. Yeah, for sure. And again, to your point, you know, they had that five game winning streak where he vaulted up to that MVP stretch. And it's, you know, the Steelers, Lions, Bears, Browns, and, and Texas. I mean, that's a, that's bad defenses that they're yeah. feasting on. And, and you have the bye week in between. And then, you know, it's just very um, yin and yang here between the and, and, and it, it matches up with the schedule. And that just becomes I think it just becomes problematic when you start talking about, can we give this guy a massive contract? Um, is he worth is he worth that? You know, but but we do think that the question like Tua is probably the franchise quarterback. Like, yeah, you, like, to so. your point, you're, you're not you're not trying to like if Tom Brady. I mean, all right, let me ask you this. Tom Brady comes to Miami this offseason and says, I want to, like, I want to, let's run this back. You know, they talked about doing it before this year. Do you replace Tua with Tom Brady? No, I don't. I don't think you do either. You don't. Because Tom, I tell you, you're getting two years max out of Tom. He hasn't played well for the Buccaneers. You know, he'll be energized being in the AFC East and, and, and playing for a different team and, and coming in hot and working in a Mike McDaniel offense. Um, it, it would, you know, he would be good in that offense. Like, let's, let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, you're not going to bootleg him or anything, but you're talking about just dropping back, finding Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle underneath. You've got the good run game and, and the offensive line, too, suffered some injuries and that, uh, and that, you know, doesn't exactly help to his case, but. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't. Th I don't think you would want to replace Tua with Tom Brady just because you were trying to build for the long haul, yeah. and you know you're basically hitting the reset button. You're hoping you can cash in with a Super Bowl in a two year window with a Tom with Tom Brady, a version of Tom Brady who looked a little washed up. Right, and so yeah, I'm not moving heaven and earth to try to bring in Tom Brady or any quarterback that could become available. But that was the discussion going into this season. It was make yeah. or break Tua. Is he going to be the guy, or do you just kind of 
you know, blow it up and, and go after a Brady or a Garoppolo or somebody who, you know, whoever else can becomes available in a trade or something along well, those like lines. Before, before the season, if you'd said they're going to get Sean Payton and Tom Brady, you're like, yeah, you just do that. You know, like, yeah, of course, you, it's a you, slam you, know, you, you know, if it, if it, you know, you move on from Tua and whoever else the next coach was going to be, mm-hmm. it's worth it to try to get that combination and think about what they could do over a two year span. Now, when you find out that, you know, Tua can play and Mike Daniel looks like a really good head coach. And again, like we, I sort of told, we don't know this on Sunday's recap pod, but like, if you told Dolphins fans that they would be, uh, what, eight and seven, and in the playoff hunt with a, with a, you know, a, what, like, what, what did I say, 80%, 60%, 80%, 80%. It was 60. And I'll tell you this, it was in the 80s going into that game yesterday. Right. So, so is it dropped 60%? significantly? Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, sorry, sorry. 65% now or 60 into 60 percentage to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they would, t- I think they would take that coming into the year. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you would because that would suggest to you that again, Tua didn't blow up in your face, and it actually worked. And Mike yeah. McDaniel is a good first-year head coach, unlike the guy that we did an emergency podcast about, Nathaniel Hackett, right. earlier exactly. today. And so that's the thing about this too that I think is worth pointing out is I want to see Tua and Mike McDaniel in year two. There has been so much going in and out in terms of coaching for Tua that he's talked about publicly. Brian Flores, Chad O'Shea, the offensive coordinator during his first year. He's had a lot of instability at those key spots. And the fact that you have an equation that's worked, again, it's, it's kind of fallen over the last few weeks, but overall where we would say that this combination does work or at least it was Absolutely. successful. So I want to see what that looks like with an off season of marination, a full season under their belt and going into 2023, pretty much no questions asked. We are this combination. And so that to me, I think is important here when we have that quarter, that quarterback conversation with Tua, he's the future right over the next couple of years, but I want to see him enhance his value with Mike McDaniel. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And because you know, it's like a lot of times it takes more than one year for the you know these quarterbacks to yeah. you know figure out these systems and to get to get you know to get in a position where they feel comfortable operating in that system, um, you know to learn. And, and, and look, the the more offensive coordinators you have to deal with, the more coaching turnover you have to deal with, the more complex comp- complicated it becomes and complex it becomes to learn a new system every single year. I mean, it just when guys when guys wash out, a lot of times you see it is because there's a ton of change over or, or change and turnover at the, at the coaching and offensive coordinator position. So I agree with that. I think it's a good call. Uh, any anything else on Tua? I mean, I don't want to say that like I don't think these next two games will decide his fate at all. I think we're sort of we are where we are with Tua. And it's just a matter of, okay, let's, let's you know, to, the next two the next two weeks are going to decide what kind of scrutiny Tua is going to get over the course of this offseason. What kind of scrutiny, what kind of like, you know, when, when they're doing the talk show stuff, like how, like how, how, because, you know, Tua was like, Tua was catnip for talk show, talk, you know, the, the hot debate shows or the debate, the, the you know, hot take debate shows this offseason. Will we see him? Be be similar catnip this offseason, or can he, you know, can they win the next two games, get in the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we know where we are. It's just can there be growth and progress off of this, or is this sort of are they flatlined, et cetera, et cetera? Well, if they take a complete nosedive and miss the playoffs and, and just looking at their schedule over the next two weeks. Eight, if they finish eight and nine, right, we are gonna have hot take, hot take hot take party yeah. it's this it's probably the same conversations we have with daniel jones right now it's it's probably somewhere the same conversations we have with two last offseason you know? exactly like, we're in that same school of thought but it's at new england and then at home against the new york jets tua is phenomenal against the new england patriots so 
That should he's never be, lost to Belichick, right? I, I believe he's never lost. I know yeah. that they're 4-0 against the spread. And it's and he's, they're drawing a, a New England. like, like it's, You're going to be wearing like a T-shirt and shorts next weekend. Yes, it's somehow going to be it's like 65 warm. degrees in, yeah. in January. None of it makes sense because it was like 10 degrees here today. But whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like 17 degrees here in North Carolina right now. It's like yeah, global warming. Probably not a thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, and then you know you get the Jets at home. Mm-hmm. So you know you're you're talking about Mike White or maybe Zach Wilson. It, it's a pretty good setup for for Tua to to win the last two games, get in the playoffs with ten wins. Everyone agrees this is a successful season and a good pairing. And then if you make some noise in the playoffs. More power to you, but either way, you go into year two with Mike McDaniel, year four with Tua, where you say, can they take a big leap forward with a full offseason? And if they do, maybe we start to really talk about Tua as as a guy that could be getting a monster contract uh, and an MVP candidate as he was earlier this season. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back to recap Monday Night Football later tonight. Make sure to tune in, hit subscribe, turn on alerts. For Sully, I'm Britson. We'll see you guys later.